indicated in our Christian walk. Of course, first of all, I love that parable. Uh, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. So you have to guard your heart. The most important thing that you have to do is make sure you guard your heart. Because a lot of people get confused with what God wants and what they want or what somebody else wants. And so you have to guard that heart. Mm-hmm. And, that is, and, and when that parable says that, it's leaving that responsibility up to us because it says most of all, guard your heart. So it's leading that, uh, giving that responsibility to us because out of the, a lot of things can happen out of the heart and we need to understand that. If you don't get anything out of today is you need to understand that. This is gonna be difficult because it's gonna seem like I'm all over the place, but I know exactly where I'm at, okay? Because as a coach, what we do is uh, we train people to deal with what's coming up, not what's behind them. That's right. You see, it doesn't matter what you done yesterday or how good your last race was or game was, you still have another one in front of you. That's right. You see, and if, and if you, most of us in here like sports, and if you hear the good coaches, they, when they interview them, they say, well, you're going, how are you going to celebrate? And they say, we'll take a celebrate today and get ready Monday That's right. for the next game. And see, they never, ever act as if, listen to me, they never really act as if everything's over. Right. You say, we got another game to play. And so we have to make sure that when we feel our heart, we're feeling our heart with something that's gonna help us to sustain our journey, right? Satan wants to steal your heart. That's right. You see, and, and it's, let me make it a little plain for you. Uh, a lot of things uh, we do and we say, we say through tradition. Mm-hmm. Because it's just tradition. But where's your heart? Mm. You see, you can say you love somebody, mm-hmm. but where's your heart? Mm. Do you make sense what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You see, I, I'll give you money and fame, but, but, but where's your heart? Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're trying to build up, us here at Christ Temple North, is to build up a strong, as a church, a body of Christ. We want to be strong. Doctor, uh, excuse me, doctor. John Hagee, some of you all probably know John, who John Hagee is. John Hagee is uh, one of the famous TV ministers. And he is kind of a non-denominational church, okay? And uh, uh, Christian church with Christian people that he started. And he married an Hispanic lady and half the church left. All right? Yeah. He has 22,000 members now, you see? Yeah, didn't hurt him none starting up with them little folks. You see, we have found so many reasons to separate ourselves. We've let so much stuff get into our hearts Mm. that anything will separate us. Almost anything will separate us. Sister Gwen and I went to one of my athlete's uh, wedding and 
there were two things that we were different than anybody in there. There were about 250 people in there. And first of all, we were the only two African-Americans in there. And second of all, we had our masks on. Uh, nobody else had their masks on, but the reason I always carry mine is to look, but the priest, I don't know if they call him in the Methodist church, I'll say pastor, the pastor had one on and the people that were assisting him, all right? And since the pastor had one on and the people assisting him, that's his church. That's right. That's right. You see, I'm following him. I don't care what the people do in the congregation. I looked and saw that. That's being obedient. That's just being obedient. We've got to learn to be obedient. You see, anything now, it's like, like the mass now separating people, shots separating people. You know that pretty soon these masks, we won't need them, right? And something, will come, something else will come up. And separate us. And so we got to get, we got to be a team. You see, if we're on the same team, you see, we got to be together. And it's got to start in households. Okay? And so we're going to find out that, that Satan is a liar. You see, yeah, he wants us, he gives us earthling stuff. That's right. You see, he wants us to champion, champ, be champ. I look at parents. They want their kids to be champions in sports, and I'm a coach, I love it, champions in sports. No, you want your kid to be a champion in life. You see what I'm saying? You see, you're not gonna get any rewards in heaven for being a great football player, basketball player, whatever, There's, that, that's no. You're gonna be, you have to champion life. Being a good person, being a good, strong Christian, and living a strong Christian life, you know, because all of that stuff is going to end. Right. It's fun for entertainment, but it's just entertainment, right? It's just entertainment. And so we need to, first of all, build the spiritual character up in our children so that we don't have all of the craziness that's going on, okay? I'm saying this. I hope nobody's kin to the people. You don't go out and buy your kid a pistol. Go out and buy your kid a Bible. Yeah. You see, yeah, you don't, you know, 15 year old, come on here, people. You see what I'm saying? And look where we are at, that many of you all have children. And if you love your children, like most of us, you praying every day when your children go to school. And it's sad, hoping they, they make it home, all right? Here in Kansas City with all the stuff that's going on. And so we're going to have to figure out who we're going to serve. We, we, we got to get this thing figured out. Even in, in church here, we, we're getting too caught up into um, legalism. Now, let's, let's be Christ. You see, we need to start all over again and, and go with Christ and him crucified. That's right. That's right. One day, Coach Lombardi, they had lost a football game. The Green Bay Packer coach had lost a game. And he said, men, we're going to start all over again. And he held up, this is a football. He said, we're going to start all over again. This is a football, and he held a football up. You see, well, what we need to do in the church is start all over again. This is the Bible. That's right. That's right. This is the Bible, and we need to start with the basics. Start with the basics and start living a life that Christ would have us to live. All right? 
And so this is what we're going to talk about. Stay with me because it may be a little bit lost. You might get lost in here, but just get what you can. You know, you know, you know it's kind of like when you eat sometimes that there's a lot of food there. You can't eat it all. Just you get what you can put on your plate. That's right. That's right. All right. That's right. All right. From the Passion, Luke 16 and 13 says that it is impossible for a person to serve two masters at the same time. So you can't serve two masters at the same time. We need to get that figured out. Who are you going to serve? Hmm. You can't serve two masters at the same time. You understand what he's talking about? And, I, and, and uh, this is very powerful. This is a very powerful, powerful statement. You can't do this. You got to get on one side or the other. That's right. You understand? You see, even though there's an offense, a, a defense, okay, special teams, okay, they're all on the same team. You see, they're not serving themselves. You see, we call it the offense, the defense, and the special teams, and they got coach. They call it team. That's right. You know, you understand? That's right. And the the people who buy into that have the best team because not one part of this is going to win without the other. That's right. That's right. You see? So you can't, you can't have two masters at the same time in your household. You're either going to follow the gospel or you're going to follow Satan. It's just one or the other. Mm -hmm. And you need to figure that out real quick. You see? It's just like a lot of young people get confused sometimes. Uh, am I going to follow the rules of the house or the rules of my peers? Mm. You see, you got to be on one side or the other now. Are y'all with me? All right, and I'm taking this slow on purpose, not because I'm tired. All right, because we got to get this. That's right. Come on, people. That's right. Look around, and we look at the news and all of this stuff. It's, it's insane. You see, and a lot of this stuff is done by church folks. Right. Churches are so divided that it's unbelievable. You see, it's like we our enemies are within. The Christian group. You see, we, we're supposed to be Christians. You see, and if we, we serve in the same master, then it, the only thing that changes is just style. Mm -hmm. But it's the same truth. That's right. Does that make sense? Yeah. All right. Pastor, scripture goes on to say that you'll be forced to love one and reject the other. And see, you're going to be forced to love one. This is forced to one love or reject the other. You can't love two. You're going to be forced to love one and reject the other. Where you at in your life with Christ? Are you rejecting Christ to love your own ideals? Do you have your own gospel? Mm. Mm. You see? You can't love two at the same time. That's right. You see what I'm saying? You see, you can't have, you see, it'd be nice, guys, wouldn't it? Go back to the old days. Come on. David had all these concubines, concubines, concubines. Yeah, concubines, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and all these wives, and you can't do that. Ladies, the same way. How are you going to love them both? You see what I'm saying? All right. It says one master will be despised, and the other will have your loyal devotion. You're going to serve. One's going to have your low devotion, and you're going to despise the other. 
Who do you love this morning? Who are you devoted to this morning? Because if you love one, you're going to despise the other. That's just how it is. And there's no, no way getting over that. You see? All right. As we're told, the choice between God and the wealth of this world is no different. It's the way it is. The Bible says the choice between God and the world is no different. You're going to love the world, you're going to love God. Mm. It's your choice. And you make the choice. You have to make that choice of who you're going to serve. God doesn't make you do anything. You know, I could live a real good life if God would take one thing. Choice. Wouldn't we be good? That's right. Yeah, if, he, if we didn't have, if he'd take choice out, we'd be good. The problem is, I don't care how saved you are, you still have choice. That's right. And, and, and he's saying here, who are you going to serve? Who's your choice? Who are you going to love? It's your choice of who you want to love. Do you want to love Christ? Or do you want to love Satan or the world? That's right. Okay? Isn't it strange now that most of us have no idea? I don't know what's illegal. Mom. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what's illegal. You know, I mean, just like, oh, that's legal. I didn't know that. Because the laws have changed, bless you. The laws have changed so much, bless you. The laws have changed so much. And they've watered them down so much, we don't even know what's illegal. That's right, that's right. Because the world is trying to, they got laws that fit the world. That's right. You see, not the laws that fit the gospel. You see, there are some things, and I won't mention them because I don't want y'all to get all silly in here. There are some things that people ask me, do you believe in such and such? And I say, no. They say, well, why? I say, because I don't have a choice. What do you mean you don't have a choice? I say, I'm, I, I believe in the gospel. And God tells me, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. So once you get saved and you really want to love God like you're supposed to, you don't have a choice. That's right. That's right. You don't have a choice of how you treat your spouses, each other. It tells you how to do it. You don't have a choice of how you teach your children. It tells you how to do it. You don't have a choice how you treat your employees or employers. That's right. It tells you how to do it. You don't even really have a choice how you treat your body. That's right. It tells you what your body is. It tells you that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you would sit down, and, and I didn't, and many of you can say amen if you understand what I'm saying here in a minute. If no one had taught me as a child that my body was the temple of the Holy Spirit, or I wouldn't have a lot of children out of wedlock. Because if I'd about, if I would have understood that my body was the temple of the Holy Spirit, then I would have understood her body was the temple of the Holy Spirit. Teach. Now, some of you all may have been taught that. Thank you. Nobody lied. So here's so, yeah, so but there's a lot of, now come on here. We weren't taught those things because, and some of us in here would be honest, would say, if we were taught 
by God's word at a younger age, the real truth of God's word, we'd be healthier spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, and financially. Right. We're getting it now, and it's okay, but we got an opportunity to teach our children and our grandchildren that, hey, you can't be on both, you can't be on both sides. You got to get on one side or the other. All right? Let's Luke. say it this way, since we have such a great crowd in here. The Bible even tells us who we can, as you all say, hook up with. Right? It tells you don't hook up with what? Somebody that's unequally yoked. Boy, they got quiet. It's in here, and this is what, I ain't got nothing to do with that. This is in here. Uh, just because we were hooked up with unlegally yoked folks, because we was unlegally yoked. That's right. Right? So all of this is here. So I'm trying to get us to understand that we have got to do better. It is time, I mean, this other, all that other stuff is good, but until we get a lifestyle that fits Jesus Christ, then things are not gonna get better. That's right. You see, I don't care how much you know, how many degrees you got, how much theology you know, it's not going to get better until we start living and, and serving one master, Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. All right. Luke finishes by saying, you must enthusiastically love one and definitively reject the other. I mean, you, other. Sh you should be just excited about loving one and reject the other. You see, why am I not doing this? I'm not doing this because this is not what God has called me to do. That's right, that's right. It would stop all of the problems, prejudices, and all of these things, it would stop. You see? If we just get this right, and you need to get it right, and you can start teaching your children to get it right, and your grandchildren to get it right. Some of you know better. You know the pain that has caused you from not earnestly understanding what Christ would have you to live like. All right? I'll turn to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read verse 19 to 24 from the Passion. It says, don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. And, 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 this, and we see it all the time that we get all this money. And we get all these treasures, and somebody comes and steals it all. I don't know who the man, young man was, or the, the, the promoter, whatever it was, that someone broke in and killed his wife this week. She's an older lady. Yes, yes. What a shame that someone would come in and kill your wife at that age over some stuff. Over stuff. You see? He had probably, if he knew that that person was that desperate to kill his wife, he gave it to him. That's right. You see? Go ahead, please. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. And we see all of that. It loses its value. Anything. You ever buy a new car? Mm -hmm. Drive it off the lot. That's right. And what happens? Lose value. It loses its value. You see? So what are we doing? We're too caught up in the stuff that's going to lose its value. You see? And the system is set up for us to get caught up into that. That's right. 
Because see, once you sign the papers, you owe what you bought, what you paid for when it was on the lot. That's right. You see? And you drive it around the block, it's done lost its value. That's crazy. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Is it, all right? Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust. We need to work more about heavenly treasures. Well, that's what we need to work. We need to deal with more heavenly treasures right. that cannot rust, decay, or lose their value. Come on. That's what we need to be working on, people. We all got, most of you all here I know, you got nice, you got nice homes, and uh, all, this, all it takes is a fire. That's right. Tornado. Okay. So give, tell us the truth, Pastor. Divorce. Right. You see? Stuff. Stuff. You see, how important is your stuff to you? Well. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Okay? All it is is stuff. It amazes me when when we look around and I see some of these stars and this got everything. And they commit suicide. Right. We look at some of these stars and and they got incredible talent, and they drug out. Mm -hmm. But they got stuff. They don't have a life, That's right. but they got stuff. That's right. You understand? We're trying to keep it real. Am I doing all right? Amen. Uh -huh. Pastor, what you're saying, the Bible says in verse 21 like this, for your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. That's what we want to talk about. Your heart is going to go after what you think is your treasure. Come on. Let me go over here. Your heart is going to go after what you think is your treasure. You see? You see, people, let's just use this pretty easy to do this one. There are people that marry, they say, because of security. Really? Security? That don't work. People who, security. You don't have no security in money. Right? Because once you get sick or something happens, they're gone. Your security's gone. And the only security you may have is social security. Come on. That's right. Come on. But that other security is gone. You see? That's right. I'm trying to get you to understand it. That's true. That's true. All right. All right, here we go. Amplified says it this way. For where your treasure is, there your heart, your wishes, your desires, that which your life centers will be also. We wanted that down because I wanted you to get it where your treasure is, your wishes, your desires, it's the center of your life. Is the center of your life fame? Mm -hmm. The center of your life finance or other stuff? What is the center of your life? Ask yourself that this morning. You see? Uh, when we watch, uh, we most of us are football fans in here. 
right? Y'all can sure. say amen, church. Amen. That's right. Yeah, if Jesus was here, he'd be a Green Bay Packer. I mean, he'd be a sports fan. <laughs> a Chiefs fan. Right? Yeah. So where are, your, your, where are your treasures at? How many great athletes, Brother DJ, that were centered their life about going to the NFL and got there and tore up a knee? A career ending. That's right. Never play again, or basketball, or anything else. It can happen. All my life, I've worked at being a little kid. I've worked at being. I wanted to be like Mike. <laughs> you see, and something happened to my body. Now what do I do? You see, am I making sense to you? All right. The message says it this way. The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't say you'd stay there. Didn't say they'd be happy. There's a lot of people that put their treasure in a lot of things that they thought wouldn't give them fulfillment of their life. And once they got there, then they say, what now? What now? It, this is not all I, and most of maybe, this is not all, you see, I expected it to be. You see, you know, you all know I'm a, I'm a car guy, you know, and, and I had my little vet, yeah, was sweet, you know? And I remember uh, Sister Etta going to get my wheels rotated. Isaac's laughing because he knows you can't rotate your wheels on a vet. That's right. You can't. Y'all probably didn't know that. There's no, right. You can't rotate your. And so I had to, it's been a long time ago, you had to get new tires all the way around. $1,500. All change, $110. Okay? I gave it to Isaac. That's right. Because I just got that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money. So my heart, guess what I'm saying is, sometimes your heart will cause you to buy something you can't pay for in the long run. That's right. Come on here. You see? Sometimes your heart will cause you to get in a place, Sister Cozy, that you can't keep up the maintenance work. Huh? Sometimes she's sweet, she's cute, she's all that. But the maintenance work is too high, bro. <laughs> She's high maintenance. Right. Amen. Sometimes he, he, oh, he's, he's handsome. He, he built. I see you. I understand. But the maintenance work That's right. is too much. Like you see? You see? Your heart was blind. Couldn't see further on down the road. That's right. That's right. Are you with me? There are people that buy houses. I thank God when Sister Gwen and I was looking for houses and we was looking at some of these. Thank you, God, you did not answer those prayers. You see, the first time I vacuumed ours, I'm like, good God, I'm glad I didn't get anything any bigger than this. You with me? Come on. And the maintenance work, new roof after so long, new air conditioner after so long, right. new furnace after so long, the maintenance work. You see, but I've worked all my life with this, really. Mm. 
it costs too much. That's right. All right? So sometimes, that's why you got to guard your heart. Don't let your heart take you someplace where you can't handle it. You see? Uh, here's a little trick you tell the little girls, guys, to tell the girls when the parents say, you don't need to date him. You know what he tells the little girls? Oh, you should listen to your parents. Follow your heart. I've used that one back oh. in the day. No, that's, right. that's all I know about that one. You see? Trying to get them to come from being obedient to the parent. Disobedient to the parent. Excuse me. Disobedient to the parent and obedient to me. That's right. I know this is good. That's right. That's right. This stuff will help you. Do you see what I'm saying? All right. All right. That's why we have to use our spiritual eyes, Pastor. That's right. Here we go with that. That's what it says in verse 22. It says, the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. And this is what I ask God. I pray, Lord, give me a revelation of what I need to do and how I need to handle this thing, this situation. Y'all know me. I talk about revelations all the time. Ask God to give you a spiritual revelation. He can't do that if your eyes are closed. That's right. He can't do that if your mind is cluttered, you see? But you need spiritual revelations. Once you get a spiritual revelation, then that means the Holy Spirit is going to give you and lighten the path, right path for you to go down. That's right. And that's a powerful scripture there. The place where your treasure is is the place where you will most want to be and end up. Think about that. Okay. And sometimes that's a dead-end road. Yeah. Sometimes you get what you want. That's right. All right. You're quiet because you understand what I'm talking about. All right? It goes on to say that if your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. But if your heart is unclouded, the light of Christ comes in. I don't want a cloudy heart. I want it so that the light of Christ comes in. Show me the way, Lord. You see, let me not take my way. Come on. Show me the way. You see, some of you, when you're on a freeway and you got those different exits, you can go here, you can go here. No, no. Lord, show me the way that I take the right one. That's right. You see, you know how we are sometimes as, as men and we, we're driving someplace and, and uh, the wife says, no, you need to turn here. Oh, no, I know where I'm going. I just, uh, and right. you take the wrong exit. I know the way. You know, I just tell Gwen when I do that, oh, I just want to go for a ride. That's right. And you take, the wrong, you, take the, you take the wrong one. It can be a long way to get back. That's right. Are you with me? All right. Verse 23 says, but if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. And, and money can be stuff. You can be so focused on stuff, money, then the, the light can't come in. That's right. You see, people will pray for money instead of happiness and joy. I would rather have the fruit of the Spirit than have a big bank account. Come on. You see, 
wouldn't you have rather have somebody love you for better or worse than you marry them for money? That's right. Yeah. I've never seen president's pictures help heal anybody. That's right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are y'all with me? Because we want to get it right. We want to get it right. What bothers me with Christian people, first of all, live the life. Then start reading all that other stuff. That's right. Get, walk like Jesus. I want to be a Jesus guy. When I first got into ministry, uh, they used to, when I first got in, I used the Old Testament all the time. And they would say, man, you could handle that Old Testament. They say, Brother Johnny, you could handle that Old Testament. Old Testament won't hold you. Because they don't talk about the Holy Ghost. That's right. You see, I needed salvation, Christ, and him crucified, and get sanctified. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. To help me, show me the way. You understand? 23 goes on to say, how profound will, the, will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? You're going to live a dark life if the light of truth can't enter. Say, Pastor, what would I be living? Mm. A lie? Right. Some people are living a lie. They can't live the truth. He got room. That's right. Then life is, becomes a lie. You see? Like some people think they're too much. They all that. Lie. Some people think they some people think they're not all enough. Lie. But the truth will tell you exactly where you're at. That's right. But not only exactly where you're at, it'll tell you exactly where you need to be and where you need to go. Come on. That's right. It's the truth. God will not show you the truth and not show you how to live the way he wants you to live. He'll show you what to throw away, what to keep, and to get on your way. That's right. He'll do that for you. That's right. All right? From the voice, verse 23 says it this way. The darkness that takes over the body of a child of God who has gone astray, Mm. that is the deepest, darkest darkness there is. Read that again because there's, there's a point in there I want you to make. The darkness that takes over the body of a child of God who has gone astray, that is the deepest, darkest darkness there is. That ought to scare you. That's saying that you can be a Christian, a child of God, that's what the Bible that's says, right. Yeah. That's right. and then darkness can still take you over and you can go astray. So that's warning us to be careful. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're safe. That's right. And I've seen it in this church. I've seen people that's been in this, been in church and other churches, been in church, get out of church, and the next thing you know, wow, you can't believe they're the same person you used to know. That's right. Because once that darkness got into in there, that darkness blinded them to the point that they went astray. And they someplace where they don't even know where they're at. That's right. That's what, that's scripture, folks. And so sometimes we cannot afford to get comfortable as Christians. Because darkness will try to find us. That's right. 
Right. So we have to keep working and listening and meditating and coming to church and Bible studies and meditating and reading our Bible because if we're not careful, we'll walk in darkness, we'll get astray, and it's tough. It is tough. One of the things that's hard to do is to make up time. That's right. It's hard to make up time. Once you lose that and try to make it up, it is tough. That's right. You see that? You know, as a coach, especially in track, especially, there's, a, there's an old thing we, I say to, to the kids, now, don't get behind too far because some, these guys ain't coming back. That means you ain't going to catch up, right. right? Sometimes in life, you got to be careful. Don't be careful because you can't get back. Hey, God's people ain't coming back. His real ones. You lose out. Same church, same lesson. Yes. Where are you at in your life today? That's right. wow. One of the greatest sermons that Sister Gwen done once, I use it all the time, for Brother Larry. He's a kid. She said, you ain't got to do nothing but look around. That's right. You look around and they started out with you. What happened? They were in church, got baptized. Became children of God. Men and women of God, what happened? Darkness. That's right. Got focused on other stuff. And that's tough to get back. That's right. You see, it's hard to play from behind. It's hard to play from behind because you get desperate. That's right. Then you start really making mistakes. All right? Pastor, we can't look around. We don't see. Yes, yes. Yes. You can't see. That's and right. the Bible says in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. The eye is what? The lamp of the body. We miss you. Shut your eyes and just start try to walk out here to the parking lot. That's right. You're getting the message, right? Yeah. Yeah, see, your body's going to follow your eyes. That's right. Somebody be real in here with me. They followed their eyes. Body went with it. That's right. That's right. Look good. Preach. Come on here. Come on, preach. Come on here. Followed them. You see? All right. It's amazing to me when you get in church, especially the way I teach. You get in church with people who are like, <laughs> and done experienced everything I'm saying. That's right. <laughs> Oh, it's, am it's amazing. Where am I at? Which second page? 22 amplified. Okay. All right. So if your eye is clear, Ooh. meaning spiritually perceptive or sharp, your whole body will be full of light, benefiting from God's precepts, which is a guiding principle. Or so if your eye is clear, you're going to be in good shape. That's right. You can see. You can see where you're going. You see, Satan wants you to be blind. The world wants you to be blind. They don't want you to see. That's right. Why would they want you to see? People don't make, if everybody, if, just listen, if every Christian was living a Christian life like they're supposed to live a Christian life, the world would go bankrupt. Amen. That's right. They don't want you to be a, live a Christian life. 
What are the lawyers going to do? What are the judges going to do? Huh? What are the policemen going to do? What are these rehabilitation senators going to, centers going to do? The world makes money off blind folks. That's right. And they want to keep you blind. You see? People want to keep you blind. You see? Verse 23 and then says they become your master. You see, when you're blind, somebody got to lead you. That's right. You see? If you got the light of Christ, you don't need a leader. You follow him. That's right. Yeah. Okay, I won't even say that because that's not good. Go ahead. Verse 23. Go ahead. It says, if your eye is bad, spiritually blind, your whole body would be full of darkness. And how many of us in here has, can say amen to that? Amen. We've been here. Okay. When you're full of darkness, you're devoid of God's precepts. <laughs> Can't do it. Full of darkness. Pain, guilt, shame. You see? So I. I. The only thing I is good for is between S and N. All right, am I doing all right? We're about to close it out here, all right? There you go. So if the very light inside you, your inner self, your heart, your conscience, is darkness, how great and terrible is that darkness? Wow. Have you ever been someplace and wonder how you got out of it? That's a tough place to be. That's right. A bunch of us in here Amen. can say, thank God for his grace and his mercy. Amen. Because we got out. And we know people who did not get out. That's right. Because they never came into the light. You see? You have old folks who say, I just got out by the... Say it again. Skin of my teeth. Right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know there's better people than, than some of us in here. That's right. Yeah, they just couldn't find a better way. That's right. You see? That's what I like talking to some of the people in here that's not afraid to say amen when I talk about things that they're uncomfortable. That's right. If this Bible doesn't make you uncomfortable, you ain't reading it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. This makes me uncomfortable because... Worked hard to get here. Look at me. Worked hard to get here. And now you're telling me I got to keep working to stay here. Mm. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Man, God, when do I get a chance to rest? I'm tired of just working hard. When can I ease up? Mm. Can't ease up. That's right. You see? All right. We learning something today? That's right. Share it with somebody. Talk about it on your way home. Talk about it with your children. They need to know. The young man that uh, was in that Michigan school, I don't know if you all seen the interview with the young African-American kid that said is, he stayed home. He said someone told him to stay home. So he stayed home. His flesh didn't tell him to stay home. 
Spirit told him to stay home. Right. He's probably alive today, right. listening. You're going to tell me that a kid can get it and we can't? Come on. Yeah. Okay. Again, church, here's the question. How could you worship two gods at the same time? The question is, how are you going to do that? How are you going to worship two at the same time? You might want to do it today when you get home, sit down with your family and say, but for me and my house, we're going to be like Joshua. Yeah. We're going to serve the Lord. That's right. You see? You see? It says you'll have to hate one and love the other. That's just a fact. Or be devoted to one and despise the yeah, other. You're going to be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. That's just the fact. That's just the fact. Money will not make you happy. It won't even give you joy. Some of you all in here looking like y'all love who you're sitting beside. Well, I mean, you look like it. I don't know if you are or not. You look like it. That's right. right? And y'all laughing. Y'all better not be laughing too much. That person sitting beside you might take a look at that, right? President's pictures won't do that for you. That's right. Money won't do that for you. Money won't sit beside you. It won't come and visit the hospital. It won't comfort you. You see, money will not write you a note every morning that you get up. Sister Gwen does that. Every, I get up way before she gets up. She goes to bed late. Every morning on the couch, there's a note for me, a spiritual note. Every day, there's a note, right? And there's a million dollars worth of lesson. She'll say stuff, great message, awesome message, the Holy Spirit really worked, just great message, every day. Every day. You can't buy that. That's right. That's you right. can't buy that. Nobody else in here has got that. That's right. Try it. Every day, every morning I, I wake up, first thing I do, turn the lights on, get in there, turn the light on, and I go to the counter and look up and read the message. What has she got to say today? I get excited, Brother Ronald. I'm waking up. That's right. Amen. Second, yeah, yeah I, I'm waking up. Second, I can make it to there to get over there. And third, I can read what she wrote. That's right. And get excited about it. That's what we should be. That's right. All right. Every day. Okay. Amplified says, you cannot serve God and mammon, which is money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Can't do that. How much value it is. You see, you used to be, you know, who cares? You know, it's nice. When I, I watch the Hall of, the guys go to the Hall of Fame, brother, a DJ, that's nice as a player. And they do, they, they, they get excited about going to the Hall of Fame and they put a statue to you in there. Mm -hmm. That's all they got. <laughs> Who are you going home to? Well, after the ceremony. Because who you going home to after the ceremony is going to give you more life than that statue that they put up there. That's right. You see? Now, this is me. Okay? 
Y'all love me, right? Amen. And I'm in, and I'm in, love me in your heart, right? That's right. I think I ought to put a picture of me up there. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Folks got pastor and the pastor's wife, big old pictures bigger than that cross up there. <laughs> really? I don't need that. You love me, don't you? That's right. I'd rather for you to be in your heart than in your eyes. That's right. Because guess what? One day your eyes are going to close. That's right. But what's in your heart stays alive. Amen? Amen. So church, where's your treasure at? Yes. What is your treasure? The word treasure means something very much valued. So where is the most valuable thing in your life? God. It's where it's supposed to be. Let me go back to football again. You all know who uh, the young man had cancer, Jimmy. Uh, and remember he tells the joke about, not joke, that he had heard Vince Lombardi do a speech. And he was the coach of Virginia. He said he heard Vince Lombardi do this speech about there are three things that's most important in your life is God, family, and the Green Bay Packers. And he tells that story. He was ready, a young coach, and he was going to fire his team up. And he walked in and said, listen, listen gentlemen, the most important, he's the coach of Virginia. He said, the most important three things in your life is God, family, and the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Here's how it works. God, family, and Christ took an oath. That's right. God, family, Christ took an oath. That's your family. That's right. That's your second family. That's right. You see? And if you got your treasures in the right place, you'll love each other right. That's right. Because they're valuable, excuse me, son. They're valuable to you. Your relationship with God ought to be valuable. Your relationship with your family ought to be valuable. Your relationship with your church family ought to be valuable. And there's other people. Amen. Something of value in your life outside of you. That's right. All right? Treasure is also a great quantity of anything collected for future use. Yes. Or great abundance. Great abundance. And I'm like, great abundance. And, and Colossians tells us, man, in Christ are the hidden, all the, the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. That's what I want. What, ask me what will wisdom give me? Show me how to love this brother. Show me how to treat my wife. Show me how to treat my friend. That's what, that, that's what wisdom will give you. Guess what knowledge you do? Help me to understand. Get out of self. Get knowledge. Am I making sense? This is what we're going to be about in this church. Walk like Christ. Love like Christ. Have the eye of Christ. Spiritual eye. Let him direct us. Get out of self. Quit serving the other God. Serve the God of the Most High. And act like it in every aspect of our lives. Amen. 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 All right. All right.